This is Tani Talks Radio, the shear where we talk about the topic for the week for the audience members to keep. We are here in Hanukkah, in the halfway point actually, a little more than the halfway point. And it is my favorite holiday of the whole year here in almost winter 2023. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Hanukkah, a Freilichen Hanukkah, a terrific Hanukkah. Let's talk a little bit more about Hanukkah itself. I used to think that spring was my favorite time of year, but for some reason it has changed in the past few years to fall, and my favorite time is fall. Unfortunately, fall is uh, is a little weak this year. It's either hot or too cold, not really that that weather that I love after we get through the stressful period of the Chagim that come out of us in full force back to back, we get the crisp weather, the feeling of the renewal of the school year, the changing leaf colors, and then the clocks change and it gets dark and cold literally overnight. Sometimes it feels like 65 degrees one end and then like 40 the next day. What happens? The coldest of the winter is looming upon us. You could feel it already. The nights are getting dark very quickly, very, very, very... Fast, it comes upon us, 4, 4, 10, 4, 15, you already feel the darkness coming. The fall transitions to what's called the holiday season, as the secular society calls it. I don't know why they call it happy holidays. I don't know what they're referring to, usually. I always wonder what they're talking about. Some people say it's the, the 25th and then the New Year. Some people say that the whole Thanksgiving season they call it. And some people say they're actually throwing in the different holidays, like Hanukkah. And, but whatever it is, the holiday season is upon us almost. They change from the Shemalloween Jack to the Thanksgiving ones, to the Exodus ones. The holidays they have, secular society has, outside of Israel, are very much in your face. But ours are much more modest and low-key. We talked about it a little bit last time also. Stubbornness, and the, the point is being that it's supposed to be low-key. Absolutely, I just saw a beautiful picture of a huge, huge, huge menorah, which I love to see outside the White House for a special Hanukkah ceremony this week. But usually they're not that big, and they're not that that posted and they're not that large unfortunately the tree is usually like 50 feet tall and the menorah is usually like three feet tall but it's nice when it's different and in general we've seen big ones especially in gaza everyone should be happy healthy and safe and of course the sheer is for the is a chus in the merit that all of the captives are returned happy healthy and safe it's for their foolish flame of all the injured and sick and for the safety protection and success of all the soldiers and our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael of course Hanukkah is a time of miracles and we should be zochah to see many 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 miracles only miracles and only release of all those in captivity and miraculous things of all things with the coming Mashiach today we should be zochah but when we think about this idea of the, the, the holiday season and we think about ours is seen as much more modest and low-key and a lot of people don't even understand what the holiday is about, I become like the resident rabbi in my own school. People asking and try to explain it to them in a very, you know, simplified manner. They make things into games and lack of meaning, but ours are full of meaning. Of course, we too have all aspects of this holiday, of this Chag. That's why I love it so much. There's so many aspects to it. We have the game, the dreidel. We have the food, the sufganiyot, the latkes, and the and the cookies. And we have the meaning. We have the light. We have the candles and the joy and the dancing. Like, everything is in one. But when you look at other things, you don't see that. Of course, when we have the dreidel, we think about the ancient custom, rather than back to when the families were hiding in caves from the Greeks, and when the Greeks 
came to check the caves instead of seeing Torah learning, which was not allowed, they saw the games being played. And we have the four letters, the, the Nun, the Gimel, the He, and the Shin. For us outside of Israel, Nes Gadol Hayah Sham, of course, the miracle that took place there in Israel. And in Israel, the Shin turns to the Pei. Nes Gadol Hayah Po, the miracle took place here when you're in Israel for those who live there. Over the years, I've thought of some aspects to the Chag, to the wonderful holiday, the holiday, the Festival of Lights. Obviously, the oily foods to resemble the oil miracle just made some lakas tonight and you fry it in oil. Many people make the donuts and fry it in oil. I actually like to bake them instead. Oil could be an ingredient. Instead to resemble the oil, they come out. It's just safer and easier, I think, on some levels. The donuts, the latkes. Music and Lights also celebrates the actual miracle. Some play for the chocolate guilt. Some play for the actual money, which is not what I do, not what we do, but it could be indicative to think about the sweets and the guilt, how sweet it was that Hashem gave us the gift, and people give gifts to their kids. Hashem gave us the gift of the rededication of the temple, the re- the gift of the oil that was found, the gift of the miracles of beating the many when we just had few, and the gift of the oil lasting eight, eight days, of course. And the idea of how sweet it was, sweeter than money, sweeter than anything what Hashem did for us at that time. And we want to give it to those around us, to our spouses, to our kids. Hashem gave us this period of renewal. He gave us the gift of the Mikdash back then. Interestingly, and we spoke about it a little bit last time, this holiday, this Chag of Hanukkah, I believe is underappreciated and sometimes done out of rote. It's undervalued and underplayed. Sometimes, you know, the week or two before, Hanukkah is coming. Like, whoa, Hanukkah is here already? It's already December? No, you should be thinking about it right after Sukkot. You should be counting down, thinking about it, in my opinion. You should count down the days till Hanukkah. Some people are, are trepidatious and apprehensive about things like Pesach, but it's like looming upon them. They think about it three months in advance. But I don't really see anybody thinking about Hanukkah three months in advance when I believe, really, it is the best holiday of the whole year. Some people don't decorate. Some people don't do anything more than the lights. And I believe it's really nice to decorate. There's so many red and green decorations, so many decorations of a red man, the red suit, and for no reason. I love seeing the Hanukkah decorations on the avenue here in our town. I saw a nice display of big decorations, big fan of that. And there's a guy that actually has a huge decoration in Texas and different places that even the news picked up on. But we try to do it in some low manner, the front window and the front door, the front storm door I like to put on these, you know, um, these ones that attach, that stick on. It's just a small way, very cute things I found on Amazon for cheap that you could decorate as well. Some do presents, some do decorations, some try to get through it. But personally, I've changed the stance in the recent years. We do decorate the house and the front door and the window and even on the on the other side of the door also. And since we were married, I like to play without the guitar each night, especially with the, the best guitar in the world, the Martin, and it's such a nice sound to play them all sore and some Hanukkah songs. And the kids, you know, they used to like it more. Now I think they're just itching to get to the next part to eat. Last year we got, uh, a few years ago we got two train menorahs for the boys and then a, a little, you know, fake silver one for the for the older girly. And also there are ways to get about the holidays. Some people give actual toys every day, but we changed our stance in recent years because the toys, first of all, they get lost or broken, or they're only exciting for like the day or the week, maybe two weeks, but never that long. So instead the idea was to do crafts and activities 
that are Hanukkah related and I found really cool stuff last year I found different stuff I found scratch off things and I found stuff that you could color in you could decorate tonight I found this massive Hanukkah dreidel I actually love it it's like real ceramic very heavy I thought it was only like an inch or two it ends up being like six inches tall <laughs> but whatever really nice decorating it's very OT very fine motor and it's something that they can actually you know do a project with instead of a toy that'll get smashed or lost or fought over I like it to be more meaningful more fine motor base and more interesting yes there was one present that we did have in mind these skates but the girlies never came so we don't want to give the ones to the boys and then she'll be fighting and upset but there's ways to get into it to make it into a more functional thing a more hands-on way it's an awesome holiday you know we have hanukkah lights good good food music presents and so much more but for some reason we don't get any Screen time, you know, it's. I would think it's easy. Lahavda, lahavda. I would think it's easy to make a hundred movies about Hanukkah. Yet there's like thousands of movies about December twenty fifth for some reason. There's so many aspects, so easy. You would think, we don't get that in secular society. They make ten times as much a deal out of their one day. They count down the twenty five days to Xmas for no reason. In late December, it's literally one day, twenty five hours. Purim is even longer than theirs, you know? Lahavdil, lahavdil. But they get so much screen time, so much, you know, floor time, so much time in society, and ours is eight times as long and at least eight times as awesome. I don't understand why it's so undershown. Why do they go all out for one day with elements that don't even make sense with one another? Blinader, I'm going to try to listen to again every year. I try to listen to this great shir by Rabbi Kellerman, the real meaning of December 25th, the real meaning of it. He goes through every aspect why it makes no sense. It's a hodgepodge of things that were just thrown in that have no religious value or any real value. It's called The Real True Story of Xmas by Rabbi Kellerman. I highly recommend it. SimpleToRemember.com. You can listen to it on. It's bewildering. There's no aspect that makes any sense. It's not based in anything real. SimpleToRemember.com. Find it. Listen. The best 40-minute cheer out there. The real question becomes is how to turn this cold time of the year, this one holiday in the dark, cold nights, to bring light and warmth to us and make it have the ability to hold us over and incorporate true meaning. I mentioned what we do in our house, but what can you do in your house, in your place, with your family to make the most out of this awesome holiday? Think about how to really gain. We only have a couple of days left. It goes so fast, so fast. It's only eight days. Think about how to really gain and how to really stay sane in the holiday, the real holiday when society goes crazy for their one or two small holidays think about the flames and the games growing up our house was decorated very well for hanukkah but in society we know that many people go a little crazy decorating in the fall and winter especially in the secular culture and unfortunately you don't hear about an overabundance for hanukkah but there is one house that does go all out listen to this from click to houston.com C-L-I-C-K-2, the number 2, Houston.com. Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday that celebrates the miracle of when just a day's supply of oil kept a menorah in the rededicated temple in Jerusalem lit for eight days. Jewish families celebrate the first night of Hanukkah by lighting the menorah and all eight nights eating traditional latkes and gelt and playing games like spinning the dreidel. In a year when there are very dark moments, especially now, everybody should be Matzliach in Israel and beyond, when you see many dark moments, the Hanukkah decorations, the Hanukkah element brings a lot of light. And there's a special house also, the Hanukkah house in Maryland, has a very special light display that is short to brighten your day. 
Philip Grossman is the man behind the lights, and this article is from a few years ago. He has been putting up this massive display for 13 years. His wife Dana and their three kids, Sophie, Matthew, and Ellie, do help in putting up some of the lights. But Philip admits that he's the Clark Griswold of the family, making sure each light is perfectly placed. At the end of the day, Philip says he continues to put up the Hanukkah display each year for all the kids. He's located in one of the streets, but it's a beautiful thing to see in Maryland. There's there's a Hanukkah house that's all tricked out for Hanukkah. ABC7Chicago.com also points out that every year you'll see thousands of Xmas light events, decorations on neighbors' homes, even displays up at work. But this one father, this Philip Grossman, is on a mission to make decorating for Hanukkah more popular. He put out lights for Hanukkah a few years ago, when this is ready from a few years ago, at his home in Maryland. Over the years, it has grown bigger and bigger with inflatables. How cool is that, that you can actually have actual activity to be involved in to jump wooden dreidels even giant gelt added to the lawn he even has a button so people could start to listen to hanukkah music while they enjoy the display and that's in houston in texas you could also check it out instagram.com slash hanukkah house how cool is that that's what i call an interesting reaction to the secular decorations and displays when you think about the real elements of hanukkah itself there are aspects that we could latch onto. It is the best holiday of the year, my favorite. I say it all year. I love Hanukkah. Every element, the candles, the presents, the dancing, the singing, the games, the dreidel, the oily foods. This year, I, I, I tried doing all three aspects, making the cookies, making the donuts, making the the the, the latkes themselves. And we even had a day where I made the pizza also and garlic knots, just making it a wonderful holiday of baking around. I wasn't a baker growing up. It's been on-the-job training, but recipes are great. Kosher.com are my favorite place to get recipes from. There are all these aspects to the holiday that you could really latch onto, really can relate to. If you love spirituality, you just focus on the spiritual elements. If you love the music, you could focus on the music elements. If you love the displays or the, or the gift-giving, there's something for everyone. The dreidel is an awesome game. There's really something for everyone. It was, is really a wonderful, wonderful holiday that's totally underrated, totally underappreciated, and totally under-showcased. If you think about the focus of the hot, the menorah and the candles, in essence, also can come to light, pun intended. The candle and the candles that we light is really a light to the darkness around us. As the phrase goes, and we looked at the story in the past about Rabbi Kiva in the, in the darkness of having one candle, the one candle can banish the darkness. In the dark, cold, dreary days of winter, when the days are so short and so dark, and all hope seems lost, all hope seems lost. The candles of Hanukkah come to be a light to us, reminding us to be persistent and stubborn in hope that we can bring light to the world and have light in our lives, making the world better and brighter, even when everything seems so dark and so depressing, especially now in our current times when there's so much anti-Semitism, so much evil, and so much people are choosing the wrong side, even to the contrary of logic, even to the contrary of, of making any sense, things that are not factual. The Hanukkah lights show us that there is hope, there is light that can be brought to the world. The light shines bright, bringing us serenity and peace. The lights remind us of the burning candle in our hearts as well. Kiner, Mitzvah, Torah, or the Pasuk goes. The Mitzvah are our candles. The Torah is our light. The Pasuk says, Ner Hashem Adam Vaten. One of my I say daily, which shows that the candle of Hashem is within us and protecting us from all around us persistently every day. 
These lights of Hanukkah remind us that the world can be good when seen through the prism of Torah amidst us. The lights remind us to follow the passion, to do what we love, to do through the framework of the Torah, to make the world a better place, hopefully. The flames burning remind us that the Torah should be burning always in our hearts and in our lives every single day. You think about the fight of the good, for the good of the Chashmanam, commemorated in the Alanisan prayer we say in Shema Esra and Benching on Hanukkah. Translation from Chaban, we thank you for the miracles, for the redemption, for the mighty deeds, for the saving acts and the wonders which you've wrought for our ancestors in those days at this time. In the days of Matisiel, the son of Yochanan, the high priest, the Hashram and his sons, when the wicked Hellenic Greek government rose up against your people Israel to make them forget your Torah and to violate the decrees of your will. But you and your abundant mercy stood by them in the time of their distress. You waged their battles, defended their rights, and avenged the wrong done to them. You delivered the mighty into the hands of the weak, the many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure, the wicked into the hands of the righteous and the wanton sinners into the hands of those who occupy themselves with your Torah. You made a great and holy name for yourself in this world and effected a great deliverance and redemption. For your people Israel to this very day that your children enter the shrine of your house, cleanse your temple, purify your sanctuary, kindle lights in your holy courtyards, and instituted these eight days of Hanukkah to give thanks and praise to your great name. Hashem was with us in this fight in our history. The whole way through, these fighters were stubborn and perseverated to the end of the story. We should be Zohan nowadays to have great miracles where our fighters, our soldiers and in Israel and beyond are also persevering and also are successful with Hashem by our side. Hashem is also with us within our own fights and our lives every single day as well. So the question is, such an awesome holiday. Why hide this awesome holiday? Why not decorate your house, go all out in your surroundings, be proud of this wonderful holiday, play meaningful games with your family and stay sane during a really crazy time in the world and really a crazy all-out feature of the seculars as well. The Gemara Shabbos 21b explains, My Hanukkah, the Tanur Abanam, Bechav Hebe Kislev, Yomei De Hanukkah, Timanya, excuse me, Inun De Lo Le Mispad Behonu, De Lo Le Hasanam Behon, Sheh Nechnesu Yevanam Lehecha, Timu Kol Hashmanam Shebehecha, Ukeshagavra Malchus Beis Chashmanai Venitzchum, Bad Kuvalomatsu Ela Pach Echad Shel Shaman, Shehayamunach Bechosama Shel Kolen Gadol, Velo Hayobo Ela Lahadik Yomecha Nasbo Nes, so that's the Aramaic. The Gemara explains the Hebrew explanation. What is Hanukkah? The English explanation. What is Hanukkah? Why are the lights kindled on Hanukkah? The Gemara answers the sages taught in Megillah on the 25th of Kislev. The days of Hanukkah are eight. One may not eulogize on them. One may not fast on them. What's the reason the Greeks entered the sanctuary and they defiled all the oils that were in the sanctuary by touching them? When the Hashemite monarchy overcame them and merged victorious over them, they searched and found only one cruise of oil that was placed with the seal of the high priest, the Kohen Gadol undisturbed by the Greeks. There was sufficient oil there to light the candelabrum, the, the Hanukkah in the Mikdash, which looks different than ours, obviously, for only one day. Miracle occurred, and they lit the candelabrum for, for eight days. The next year, the sages instituted those days, made them holidays with recitation of hallow and special thanksgiving and prayer and blessings. So really, there are two great miracles in Hanukkah. We don't always think about it, but really we understand that there are really two. One was wide open, about the few defeating the many, a largely revealed miracle, and the oil lasting eight days, a hidden miracle within the temple that occurred on Hanukkah is the second one also. This has been explained by commentators about involving hidden and open miracles. What better way to show the gratitude to Hashem than in hidden and revealed ways, decorating our homes inside with private family time of lighting, 
praying and eating and decorating are outside of our homes as well, with music, parties, and events that could be a Kiddush Hashem. I love when there are major menorah lighting ceremonies like the huge Chabad menorahs, the White House lighting, when there are mitzvah trucks driving around, playing music as long as they're not too loud, or making a Hashem, God forbid, or bothering the neighbors. We could see the flames, play the games, make sure to stay sane and really in same times. Look at the text, what we say each night of Hanukkah from the Siddur. Safari.org points out, Baruch HaTashem Elkinu Melech Olam HaSher Gishem Hanukkah. Blessed are you, Hashem, the King of the Universe, who has sanctified us with His commandments, command us to light the Hanukkah candles. Baruch HaTashem Elkinu Melech Olam Sha'asa Nisim Lavosin Bayamim Ahim Ba'azman Azam. Blessed are you, Hashem, King of the Universe, who made miracles for ancestors in their days in this time, but also we see miracles in our days at this time. You could just look at all these different WhatsApp groups, especially the Israel Good News Only group. Major miracles going on in Israel during the war against the evil, the barbarians, and the wicked, wicked people. Major miracles in this time as well, in our days. And of course, in the first time, we also say, Baruch HaTashem, Ken Malcham Shechayana V'Kimana V'Yana L'Zman HaZem. Blessed are you, Hashem, the King of the Universe, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and brought us to the season. Sometimes we say it quickly and go through the motions, we go through the road, but first of all, the blessings are beautiful. I actually like to slow it down and say the tune, Baruch HaTashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Asher Kedishan V'Mitzvosah V'Tzivonu L'Halik Chanukah. Isn't it amazing that somehow every family all over the world knows the exact same tune? I find that fascinating. And that's with many things. That's with the Seder tune. But even on Hanukkah, the tune Everybody knows it, you know, and it goes all the way back. Whereas you have the secular ones where every house has a different, quote-unquote, minhag, lahavdil, lahavdil, every different custom. At work, everyone has a different interpretation of what they consider their day. By us, everyone has the same thing. Fascinating. With all our holidays, with all our chagim, everyone has the same thing because it goes back to the minhag, it goes back to the halacha, and it goes back to the core aspect where everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone around the world has a seder. You know, when you follow the Haggadah, it follows the same way. Everyone around the world lighting the Hanukkah candles lights it the same way, which I think is amazing, beautiful, and fascinating. And then we say the Haneir Salalah. Everyone has a different tune. My wife has a tune growing up. I made my own tune also over the years. Haneir So we go through it and we say, They're not for benefit. They're really just for the beauty of seeing them and, and appreciating them. We make these lights on account of the miracles, the deliverances, and the wonders which Hashem did for our fathers by means of the Kohanim, the, the Kohan Gadol. During all those eight days of Hanukkah, all the eight days of Hanukkah, the lights are sacred. They're not permitted to make any profane use of them. We are supposed to look at them. And there's a thing where I think the the wife of the house also is supposed to look at them and pray by them. My wife does also sometimes, but you're supposed to just appreciate them and not benefit for them, but pray to Hashem while seeing them and being inspired. You're not supposed to use them for any profane use. We look at them, we understand them, we give thanks to Hashem for the miracles, for the deliverances and the wonders. And also, each aspect, when you look at the at the aspect of the song itself. I don't know if anyone actually goes through Ma'ad Sur, but it's fascinating how it talks about Hashem is the is our salvation. And we want it, the Mikdash to be restored. We want there to be thanksgiving. We want that to be the fact that we sing to Hashem and we're thanking Hashem. And it goes through history. It goes from Egypt, how Hashem saved us and took down Paro. And 
took down all our oppressors, and then it goes through Bavel and Zerubbabel and talks about Haman being cut down, and it talks about Mordechai, and it goes through even further how they tried to ruin things for us, and they wanted to destroy us, but Hashem saved us and, and takes us time and time again. A really beautiful prayer. I don't know who wrote it, but the Maldsor song, but also everybody knows that tune as well. For thousands of years, we sing and dance about the great miracles Hashem has done for us, not only in that time, but in our times as well, and other times as well. Our beautiful holiday has inherent meaning and purpose, and the aspects of Hanukkah should really represent that. The Ramam goes further talking about during the Second Temple, when there were Greeks were in in power, they had really evil decrees. They wanted to, t- to take different things away from us. They wanted to take Rasmil away from us and Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, which are majorly fundamental to us. But of course, Hashem allowed us to be triumphant. The few overcame the many, and the the oil lasted for the eight days. But it really teaches us about the time of miracles. The Maccabees, the commentators explained, were literally 300 people fighting thousands. And it has been pointed out that the war lasted for three years. From Aish Chabad points out, the Greeks wanted to get rid of the spirituality of the Jew. It wasn't about, you know, physical extermination. That was Haman's plot. He really physically wanted to kill all of them. But the Greeks wanted to get rid of the spirituality. They wanted to ban these three major mitzvahs, Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, and Brismila, fundamental laws to Judaism. Without Rosh Chodesh, there's no Jewish calendar or holidays, God forbid, without Shabbos, the fundamental basis of Hashem, controlling everything is doubted, God forbid. And without Brismila, the trait of the Jewish male, the foundation of being a Jew is gone. The Greeks wanted to destroy us spiritually, and we respond throughout the generations having spiritual aspects, but also physical aspects as well. The courageous few stood up physically to take them out, and rededicated the temple in a physical and spiritual way, so our holiday, of course, has two aspects. Ish also points out, while the ancient Greeks enlightened the world with art, philosophy, and science, they limited the human condition to the physical and intellectual realms. The modern-day Olympics, the Olympiad Games, really came from the Greeks because it was all about physical perfection, all about the physical peak, the pinnacle. Who can have the best lap? You know, who could have the best this, the best that? Who is the top is going to get the gold? It's really... You know, fundamentally, a, a, com- a competition on who could be the best. They try to make it into a wonderful thing, a beautiful thing, a, a, a thing where the world comes together. But really, in the end of it, it's just a competition. Who is the best? They were always about the physical perfection, the spiritual component. Indispensable to the Jewish worldview was not part of the Greek worldview. Thus, our tradition associates the Greeks with forces of darkness while we fight with light. Symbolized by the candles, the holiday of Hanukkah established to commemorate the Jewish battle against cultural assimilation has great relevance still today as we again confront a struggle for Jewish survival. Literally, physically, and spiritually, everyone wants us gone for millennia. Every generation, it's a different excuse. You know, I don't want this, I don't want that. We don't want them to do this and that. But deep down, unfortunately, anti-Semitism is around. It might have different heads. It might have different names. They might call us capitalists or socialists. They might call us, you know, power-hungry or, or power-poor. They might call us this or that. But it's always the fundamental element is that they just don't want us around because we stand for too much good. We stand for too much morality, too much conscience. And, you know, Yamach Shamo in World War II said it best, unfortunately, that the Jews brought two consciousness to the world, the consciousness of the soul and the consciousness of the flesh. He didn't like Brismil and he didn't like the bris of the soul having to have morality. And people can't handle it nowadays. In every generation, there's a different mitzvah that bothers them. 
I saw this the other day on one of my WhatsApp groups taken from Instagram, beautifully said that every generation, they have a problem. You know, previous generations, they didn't like Shabbos. They didn't want us to keep Shabbos. Different generations, they didn't want us to do Rismila Rosh Chodesh. Different generations, they didn't want us to keep Tefillin or do or where tzitzis. Every generation was a different problem. This generation, for some reason, they cannot handle Israel. Their big problem is Israel. Yes, you could wear tefillin, you could learn, you could have schools. We don't have a problem with that. The only thing we have is we're anti-Zionist, which, of course, is a bad cover for anti-Semitism. If they didn't, you know, God forbid, we didn't have it in Israel, and, and, um, and uh, I forget his name, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. the first Zionist, if he had his way where it was in Uganda, they still would have a problem with it because they cannot handle a Jewish person having a Jewish land. I can't remember his... Oh, Theodore Herzl was the first Zionist Congress, and he actually proposed to bring it to Uganda, but later on, of course, it was moved to Israel itself. It doesn't matter where the land would be. They just don't want us to be in existence, period. And if they're in Western countries, they'll go after us then. God forbid, you know, these jihadists, these... These terrorists, they don't want to just take out Jews in Israel. They want to take out the Jews, period. It's in their charter. It's in their Quran. It's in literally the fundamental basis of the the bylaws of what makes up their organizations. They want every Jew gone everywhere. And after the Jew, they would go after all Western society. And there's a very famous quote I can't remember, but first they came for the Jew and then came for this. I didn't stand up for him. I didn't stand up for him. And in the end, there was no one less to stand up for him because everyone was gone. It doesn't just start with the Jew and end with the Jew. It's the beginning. It's a root. It's a cancer that has to be destroyed and killed and annihilated. People don't understand that. Just like the Greeks didn't like us for X, Y, and Z. Every generation, they didn't like us. But Hanukkah shows that it's the struggle of survival, the Jewish survival, the spirituality, the candles show that the flame doesn't get diminished when it, it lights another one, another one. And Hashem promises us for generations that will always be here. He tells Avraham in the beginning of our story that we'll be like the stars or like the sand, whether we're triumphant and we're like the stars or whether we be trampled on, we're like the sand. Either way, the Jew is existent. The Greek, the Roman, they all came and they all gone. They're all gone, as, as Mark Twain pointed out. And he was no great Jew lover, but he pointed out that there was great pomp to all these societies, but they're gone. The Jew is the one that stays. And Hanukkah reminds us that we're supposed to use light to inspire, to ignite, to light those around us, have the conscience, have the morality. The greatest moral army in the world is the one that's always hated on the most. The idea of the Sahal, which is baffling, mind-boggling. No other army on earth has so much morality and still gets so much flack. You know, the UN is convening to, like, denounce them again because they have no other purpose than to just rip against the Jews for no reason. But we have to disregard that we have to stand up with our meaning, our purpose, our spirituality, and our fulfillment through Torah, through mitzvahs, and through chesed. We do so throughout the centuries, throughout the years, throughout history, throughout our lives, and currently, while we're present in this world now, every single day, we should also put on an external appearance to Hanukkah to show to show all those around us that we're here to stay and we've always been here for good and we stand for a treasure of beautiful values with holidays that have purpose. Every holiday has a reason, has a purpose, has a meaning. Not some random hodgepodge of some random person's birthday that was moved six months later when he lived in Turkey and, and had no reason to have a snow-covered person as a mascot. 
craziness. We have real beautiful values with real meaning to each proper foundation to every single holiday. We can make it fun and meaningful for kids as well in non-present ways too. You can buy crafts and art and each night they're excited to do a different project. How cool. Something they could sit with their siblings or by themselves. Stick and peels, coloring, felt items, you name it. Dreidel decorating, menorah decorating. You know, we found them. I found a Hanukkah bingo game this year. You know, found them a, a cute little Monopoly game this year and different things you could do different aspects you could do it could be fun for the kids and, and meaningful for all Aish points out how to officially play the dreidel game I was asked last week to explain it and uh, they found a, a kaboom and a shaboom to try to show it to the kids but really it's the civivon game the dreidel game each player starts off with an equal number of coins nuts M&M's stones or for the real gamblers out there we should never know from such things some people pay for quarters and money but Nope, I'm a fan of the chocolate Geltway. Each player takes the turn spinning the dreidel. If it lands on none, the player receives nothing. None for nothing. The next player spins. Hey, half. You know, alliteration. The player takes half the pot. Gimel, take the gold. Take all of it. The gazunt. Take the whole gazunt pot. The entire pot and shin. Shucks. The player puts one piece into the pot. Each time the pot is emptied out, each player puts in a piece. The coin, the chocolate coin, the nut, the candy, the M&M, and the game continues. There are easy ways to make this holiday awesome, aside from eating and giving presents in addition to the dreidel game. Judy Groom points out on Aish, simple ways to do so as well. Hanukkah arrives at the darkest time of the year when daylight is in short supply. But the miracles that Hashem performed for us thousands of years ago light our path to a festive, meaningful celebration. Hanukkah is a fun, delicious, fattening, sure, you don't gain weight on holidays, right? Yet deeply spiritual holiday that is easy to share with friends and family. Some simple ideas to share with your family and with others during the eight nights of Hanukkah. Give each child his or her own menorah. Children are especially proud of lighting the menorahs or having the menorahs lit by the grown-up if there's fire that you're worried about. we I lit for the kids, but they each have their own menorah, the older ones as well, at least. And then they, they have themselves that can be made simply and creatively, or you could get, get it for them and dedicate it for them. During one of the last nights when the room is bright with the Hanukkah lights, you could take a family photograph from a safe distance. The custom can become... A treasure chronicle of how the family grows over the years. You know, you could have the the one for the grumps from mommy and daddy, for Abba and mommy, Ima and Abba, whatever, Tati. And then you have one for each kid. And this year, by the way, I found the coolest thing they sold in the local Judaica store and the local Jewish supermarket, these, like, throwaway drip trays. Brilliant. I don't know why they never thought of this before, but it's disposable, but it literally catches all the wax, all the oil. I don't have to use these, like, ripping or pre-cut oil thing, uh, tin tinfoil sheets. I don't have to cover the table. The, the tray, the drip tray actually works. And if it's good, maybe I could save it for next year. But wonderful, simple idea as well. Be here now. Number two, take plenty of time after lighting candles to enjoy being with the family. After we light the candles, I literally sit down for 10 to 15 minutes to play them all. So, and then I play, I have a little dreidel, sivivon, ochanaka, ochanaka. And then I usually, I gave them each the, the gift of the night, which was the craft or whatever. And then we, we ate. And we can, we can make it that you don't have to rush. You don't have to rush. You know, sing the Ma'ot Surah, sing Hanero Salalu. Actually, you're supposed to sing it as you're lighting the candles. And sing other things you you enjoy. Stay unplugged from your phones, your smartphones while the candles are burning. Savor this special time together. It only lasts eight days. When you sung everything you feel like singing, you could bring on the gifts or the crafts. Dig into those hot latkes and sufganiyot. 
Make sure also, number three, to talk up the miracles. Hanukkah means both dedication and education. So retell the story of the great Hanukkah miracles, both hidden and open. You could buy a Hanukkah or Judaica-themed book for your children each year. You'll build a nice holiday book collection, reserving them for the holidays. Reserving for the holidays makes them seem new again for the children. For older children and adults, you could set a challenge for everyone to find a new Hanukkah insight to share. Every year there's new things to learn. Let the parents rest. Part of the Hanukkah victory is credited to Yehudas, one of the main characters, the daughter of Yohanan the high priest and father of the Hashemari family. During the time of the Maccabean revolt, Yehudas bravely and cleverly earned the trust of a Syrian Greek general named Holofernes, convincing him that she would bring him valuable information that would help him defeat the Jewish uprising. Instead, like the heroine Yael who slew Sisra, Yehudas fell Holofernes whole furnace, wine, cheese until he fell into deep slumber. She then unsheathed his sword and killed him, saving untold number of Jews. In deference to the heroism of Yehudas, it's custom for the woman not to work while the candles are burning. I would I would extend it to parents in general. It's a challenge for many people who are not used to sitting still, so it's up to other family members to ensure that everyone can just sit and enjoy. Also, let the games begin. Along with traditional drill game, make up your own, or there are so many out there. I'm a big fan of Izzy and Dizzy and Right Light, two great um, Jewish companies that really go all out for the Hanukkah holiday. You can make up your own games as well. Hanukkah-themed word searches, bingo quizzes, and other games are a fun way to involve all the family. I told you this year we got the Hanukkah bingo, and if you have, like, the candle, the shamash, you could put your piece down, and once you get it all, you get Hanukkah bingo. Different ways to entertain people or guests at Hanukkah parties. Do you know the dreidel traces its lineage all the way back in the time to the Syrian Greek rule over Israel since Torah study had been a crime punishable by death? The Jewish children hid in the caves in order to study. When the Greeks would approach them to see what they're up to, out came the spinning tops, which the children pretended they were engrossed in playing. You could also find more activities at H.com as well as beautiful Hanukkah coloring pages for craft or art activities too. Number six, Jingle Guild, Jingle Guild. No child is likely to let parents forget the custom of giving Hanukkah guild and not just the chocolate coins either. In some communities, they actually give real money. Not sure how I feel about that. I just read a halacha yomi the other day about that also. In some communities, a little guild is given each night. Why money is gifts? One answer is that the Greeks did not destroy the oil from the temple. They defiled it. A statement of their own intent to infuse Greek ideas and ideals into Jewish life and Jewish possession. Giving Hanukkah guild reminds us of our freedom and our obligation to use our material wealth for noble and spiritual ends. Underscoring the message, children are taught to give away some of the guilt to tzedakah. Give thanks. Modern day Maccabees. Many families have the custom of taking one night and having everyone express what they feel grateful for, spiritually and materially. Feeling gratitude and expressing it are defining Jewish qualities. We're literally called a yid from the from the Yehudi, from the quality of hod, hoda'a, from thanks, which comes all the way back to Leah, when she had number four, which was more than what she thought her her part of building the Jewish nation was. What better time to be grateful than on the holiday that means dedication? You could also add another angle, since Hanukkah celebrates the Jewish affirmation of our spiritual values and a refusal to buckle to even harsh pressure to simulate, discuss ways you have found to stand up for Jewish values, especially now when it's so important, when our, our values are literally challenged everywhere from universities to schools all over the place when it's difficult and you must stand up for the Jewish aspect. And of course, check out the neighborhood. If you live in a Jewish neighborhood and it's not utterly freezing, take a walk, enjoy the sights of the dozens, if not hundreds of menorahs spreading their beautiful flickering lights in the windows up and down the streets. The menorah is meant to be lit at the entryway of the home or somewhere visible to the street. We light in the dining room window which faces the driveway, which faces the street to help publicize the miracle. Yet there have been times when it was dangerous 
for Jews to do so. We who lives in lands who live in lands of freedom can appreciate our ability to light our menorahs with pride and without fear to delight in the sight of endless Hanukkah lights spreading their special glow. We think about the menorah, the menorah has these small, small candles, these small flames, but it's on purpose. H.com points out with writer Yael Zoldin, In relation to Hanukkah and its decorations, the elements of the holiday, like the menorah, the whole scene isn't very big. You have to look for it to know that it's there. Who will look for it? The season outside is so very big, as we began speaking. So exaggerated. So all-encompassing. So over-the-top and over-your-face. You know, in Bryan Park... Whatever that park is that's near Stern, I think it's Bryan Park. They have a huge, huge tree. It's literally 50 feet tall. And I asked one of my coworkers, did you happen to see a menorah? And she's like, I don't think so. I'm like, did you see a Kwanzaa candelabra? I don't think so. So in a society, when everything's supposed to be equal and equality and, and you know, equity and everything's supposed to be even, why is there only the tree? It's, it, it's kind of um, puzzling, I would say. We're all into the equality of everybody in society, and you have to be good to everybody. So where is equality in the holidays? I don't know. And if you do put a menorah, it's probably going to be like a one-inch one or like a one-foot one. If you do put a Kwanzaa candelabra, it's probably going to be a one-foot one. Why shouldn't it be equal height? Give me a 50-foot menorah to equal your 50-foot tree and put your 50-foot Kwanzaa thing there. Let it all be equal. I don't understand. Theirs is very exaggerated and very all-encompassing. Their holiday has music and peppermints, and it's one day, man. It's one day. I don't get it. The whole December is overrun with this one day. Their holiday has these men standing outside of stores ringing bells, which also I have no idea what that has anything to do with. They have emails and catalogs and matching striped pajamas and ugly sweaters. We have these small silver lights. It comes to wonder how our holiday, which is so epic and so meaningful and so fundamental, somehow has been made to seem small, God forbid insignificant, a momentary aside in the glitzy false cheer of this advertising extravaganza. And it starts right at Thanksgiving. We literally watch the Thanksgiving parade and I ask my wife, why the schmach is the last hour of the Thanksgiving parade all Xmas related? It has nothing to do with anything. Nothing. Thanksgiving is nice. It's about thanking, you know, being thankful that we're in this land of America, you know, the pilgrims and the Indians, yada, yada. All of a sudden, you have this random stuff about snow, and the big red man has nothing to do with anything. But it starts in the end of November. Somehow, we've been sidelined in our own culture, in our own society, in our own homes by this crazy extravaganza. But maybe... In fact, isn't that what the story is all about? They were many, and we were few. Their culture was appealing, inviting. It desired to swallow up the small remnant of Judaism, to make them all part of a large whole, the same as everyone else. And that small band of Jews, the stubborn Maccabees, refused, faced with a life of hardship, hiding, and privation. They insisted, we don't want what you have. We would rather live in caves, in battle, on the run. Then accept the sameness you offer us. We only want to be what we are, what we have always been, separate, different, and other. They were proving with action their passion and belief that God would not let them fail. With God on their side, they knew that the few could overcome the many, the weak could overpower the strong. So apropos today, this tiny country of Israel that has so much against it, we know we're in the right. It's hard when the whole world is against us, but we know we're in the right. When there's UN resolution after UN resolution, when they do nothing 
about the barbaric people all over the world of who are literally killing, pillaging, starving, and doing terrible, terrible things in in Uganda and Africa, all over the world, but they don't do nothing about that. The whole world is against us. We know that we're right. We know that we have God on our side. We know we have to be stubborn, persistent, and strong when no one else is on our side. Because of their faith, the Jewish people survive. Because of our faith, our people survive. Our culture, our pride, our stubbornness all survived. And all these years later, we, their descendants, find the faith to defy our surroundings. Not for us, the glitzy cheer of Tinsel. Not for us, the big red man. Our menorahs are for us, small but beautiful. Our tiny flames light up the darkness of this long, lonely night. We think of our insistence of maintaining customs that must seem antiquated, antiquated. Although I think nothing about Hanukkah is antiquated, I think everything about it is amazing. Our way of dress, the Jewish names we give our children, our careful Shabbos observance. Think of our refusal to be assimilated, our insistence on maintaining the purity of our line, our pride at our differentness. Maybe our tiny lights might be a signpost to someone who has lost his way in the darkness of this exile, who needs to know where home is. The lights are like us, small but pure. You have to look for them, but you may find that they are looking for you too. These small persistent lights can light up our lives and our souls. We just have to look for them and find them. We too can have pride in our traditions, our holidays, our ways of life. Don't be afraid to showcase your Hanukkah spirit. We aren't afraid to walk around on Purim looking crazy in our weird costumes. So why don't we showcase the wonderful holiday of Hanukkah? Why should one Jew, whatever traditional level, be the only one who makes news about Hanukkah decorations? We too can and should share the proper Hanukkah holiday cheer based on real values and traditions. We talked about the other time, that wonderful example of this Joshi, this 10-year-old public school kid who was going in a school class, and they're all going, and they're ooing and aahing on this huge, huge tree. But it wasn't for him. He didn't like it. He was silent. He stood in the periphery, knowing something wasn't right. They keep going on their way. The teacher's excited to show them all the decorations. And Josh, she's not impressed. I don't like these decorations. Holiday, this is not my holiday. It doesn't look like my holiday. The teacher felt bad for the boy. But finally, they move around the plaza. They go around the corner, and they see this small, small thing called the menorah, in the square of the corner, and he says, that's mine. He knows that it's his. Many Jews are religiously challenged, but he knew that it's his heritage in that public menorah. Something felt right. We know the flames are ours, the Torah is ours. The ability to persist, be persistent in our learning and influence throughout the Torah is ours. We have a major symbol, the menorah, the Magadavid as well, especially on our flag, as well as the gelt and the dreidels and the Jewish stars that can decorate our homes. We have pride, and we can use that pride to have help us in our life, to help us in our days. Hanukkah is a wonderful way, a wonderful time to really showcase ourselves, to really showcase our lives and our aspects. We can use our physical elements in life for good. The using of physical for spiritual is the idea in this life. We must use it in the right way. The Hashem were brave people who weren't officially soldiers, but they had the stubbornness to stand up for what's right and to stand up to the enemy. They would not allow Judaism to be trampled on. They had the persistence to search high and low in the whole temple for the olive oil to light, only finding a tiny picture that would maybe last tonight, but ended up lasting the eight nights. Hanukkah teaches us not only about stubbornness and refusing to give up, but about light, the zest for Torah, to have the candle of Torah, the flames and passion to do mitzvahs in our hearts. If the society around us can go crazy with what they call holiday fever, decorating their homes without major proper fundamental elements, why can't we? 
Where is our Hanukkah pride? Where is our flames, our real games, our staying properly sane? Where is our Hanukkah spirit? Where is our pride in our flames and our games and our fame of what we have accomplished over the years? Don't be led astray by the false illusion of the secular decorations that have no meaning, no value, no sense. There is nothing in that holiday that makes any sense. There's no basis of it. There's no fundamental core that it stands on. We lay it literally straight up can explain every aspect of Hanukkah to people, hopefully, but they can't. We focus on what's ours and stay saying, live up to our values, live up to our beliefs, live up to our customs and our culture. Understand we have to because as Rav Chaim from Volajan famously said on official.com, O-F-I-S-H-E-L, if the Jews don't make Kiddush, then the non-Jews will make Havdalah. Meaning, if we don't sanctify Hashem by keeping ourselves separate from the non-Jews, living a life devoted to Hashem, keeping His commandments, Hashem will cause the Gaim to separate us from the culture around us. We can do this by being involved with all aspects of Judaism, especially with the flames, the proper games, and properly staying sane, sanctifying God's name around us, properly explaining this holiday, decorating for it, practicing it, as well as the different aspects of our Jewish life. If we stand up for our beliefs and have pride in it, the world will respect us for it, and we can finally make a true Kiddush Hashem, and hopefully bring Mashiach and the Third Temple speedily in our days, and may that in fact be today. Wishing everyone a Freilich and Hanukkah, beautiful Hanukkah, Hanukkah full of miracles for our soldiers, for our idea, for our troop, for our people, where all hostages are released, and everyone comes home happy, healthy, and safe. And may we be Zoha that we finally see Mashiach coming speedily in our days, and may then in fact be today. This has been Tani Talks Radio, where we talk about a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.